Hello and welcome once again to the Rogue Chronicles. And with me, as always, is Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. My boys, my boys, my boys. It is always so good to be back on the Rogue Chronicles. And I'm so happy to be back with my boy, my daddy, my best friend, Carl Pierce. Carl, it's so good to see you again. Yeah, hello. Uh, yeah, best friends. We'll, we'll all have to discuss that after the part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the one you take issue with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, um, I'm excited about uh, today's villain. Um, one mm. of the most enduring television villains, I would say. And that's uh, Doctor Who's arch nemesis, The Master. Hmm. The master, not 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 the master. The master, the master. However you want to sort of say oh, it. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. So, um, he, he, a pretty a pretty important villain, I'd say, in the history of like British television. Yeah, definitely. He played a huge role, especially in uh, the Third Doctor's era um, on the television series of the same name. So, yeah, definitely a, a worthwhile one to to talk about yeah absolutely I mean, there's a lot i kind of don't know because I was, obviously I, I joined um doctor who a lot later i mean i i wasn't even alive when um when i think your main master was kind of on, on the screen so i think it's gonna be very interesting to dig into it. and i hope you can i hope you can learn a lot more about yeah the well actually i wasn't i wasn't alive either when um roger delgado the first and <laughs> that's a good master, one um started playing the the role um but for some reason they 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 are quite often um repeated the third doctor serials for some reason on bbc and bbc two more so than any of the others probably because um they had the complete catalogue of john pertwee where they, they seem to lose lose a lot of the the first two whether it was um Mm. We're not preserving them properly. I think there might have been a fire where they were stored or something, or, or flooding or something that damaged uh, a load of the film as well. Yeah, I, I think that sounds familiar, actually. So, yeah. Uh, so I was introduced to um, the original Master at quite a young age, actually. I can't remember exactly when. Mm. So, so so what was your first kind of bit of, like impression of him when when you first saw him? Well, you you can sort of you can tell you can tell he's evil, and, and straight away from his um, well, his first scenes, you know he's up to no good. He's uh, introduced in nineteen seventy one um, episode uh, Terror of the Autumns, which uh, quite coincidentally and quite apt is uh, like pretty much fifty years ago now. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a weird kind of coincidence. So I guess pretty soon we're going to be coming up on the 50th anniversary of The Master, which is, it feels like a very, very long time. Um, yeah, I mean, it might it might have aired January 2001, uh, 2001, January 71, I'm not too sure. I think he filmed his first scenes in 1970, and it was mm. early 71 when the episodes were aired. Yeah, because so um, obviously I think you kind of mentioned it off air, but um, Roger um, Delgado was quite a famous actor at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was. Uh, younger listeners might not know him, but um, well, 
certainly not from anything else on the master but yeah he was quite well known for playing um villains on and tv and um sort of horror movies and that sort of thing and mm. apparently he'd he'd made a few attempts to get a role in doctor who beforehand oh okay so something is kind of quite interesting about him that i've kind of done like a little bit of research on him um, so I, I never realised that apparently he was, um, apparently his, his natural voice is very cockney, which you, you, you would never know from listening to him because he sounds very, very Shakespearean, as I, as, as I guess a lot of the actors kind of were back then. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't think the cockney would have worked no. for the master <laughs> either. He sort of, um, he plays him as a very, as I said to you off air, a very Seven Garley kind of character. Very sort of smooth and charming. Yeah, he absolutely is. He's he's very kind of. He comes across very intelligent. He comes across very powerful, and there's a slight bit of menace to the charm as well. Which I imagine, imagine for villains, this might be kind of one of the earliest ones, maybe besides Dracula, which is a kind of very very charming, kind of terrifying gentleman. Yeah, definitely. He sort of kind of looks a bit shifty, but at the same time, he's, he could probably convince you to do almost <laughs> anything. Yeah. He he does actually kind of remind me a little bit of Christopher Lee's um, Dracula from from a few films that I've seen of him. Mm. Um, and, and you can definitely see some kind of similarities there. Actually, so I, I, I'm looking at his Wikipedia now, and his real name is very interesting. So do you want to guess how many names he has? He's, yeah, I looked it up before. He's got about five or six, hasn't he? It's a, something daft. I can't remember now. Yeah, it's eight. Did, so it's um, Roger, quite a lot. <laughs> Roger, Caesar, Marius, Bernard, Del, Delegado, Torres, Castillo, Roberto. <laughs> which is, I mean, wow. <laughs> so um, he, he's, he's had as many names as he, as he has um, TV appearances. Actually, he's probably in more TV appearances, but I mean, that's it's quite it's quite a name, and it certainly feels like he's a very um, complex gentleman. Yeah, definitely. He's also um, good friends with uh, John Pertwee as well. Mm. Who, who, who sort of, I think, helped with their di- on-screen dynamic. Mm. They, they seem very similar, and, and I haven't really seen much John Pertwee, but he seems. He seems very charismatic, I and mean, those two seem like a very nice fit together. And I, I actually kind of want to watch, go back and watch a bit more of them because they, it, it seems very, it just seems like a like a really fun dynamic. Yeah, Pertwee was a great Doctor, slightly more cavalier than a lot of other portrayals, but it mm. worked. But it worked for John, and it worked for the series at the time, and the idea of the Master because. For most of John Pertwee's era, they, they sort of changed it up a bit, and uh, they had him uh, stuck on Earth. Um, oh, okay. Because I think ratings were going down, and they wanted to try something different. So they had the Time Lords take away his ability to travel in time, and they, they sort of stranded him on Earth. And they wanted to give him um, a more persistent villain um, and have it be another Time Lord. So they came up with um, with the master, and also like the doctor, they gave him a name that you could get from, um, uh, you know, like an education, educational mm. conferral, like the doc- like a doctorate and a, a master's degree. So he had the doctor and the master, and he's you know he's sort of portrayed as the doctor's equal, maybe even uh, more so intelligent. Mm. So it kind of makes me wonder when are we when when are we finally going to get a bachelor? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like like a very shit version of the doctor <laughs> <laughs> who just became a time lord. He has no idea what he, what he's doing with his life. He's just kind of aimlessly wandering, a bit like me right now. Mm. But um, so so obviously you've been watching this a lot longer than I have. Can you tell me a bit of the kind of mythology behind the doctor? Who 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 is the doctor? At least a, a basic one at this time. 
Do you mean the doctor or do you mean the master? The master, master, excuse me. We, we, keep, doing, we keep doing this, don't we? Yeah, it's happened off air. Like, I kept um, mixing the two up. I don't I don't know why. Yeah, give me, I mean, you can give me a, a bio of the doctor, but give me a bio of a master first, please. Well, I said he's, he's, a, he's a renegade time lord, much like the doctor. So, so there's a lot of similarities between the two, but obviously um, the master's a. Uh, more malevolent um time lord and yeah he seems to revel in the destruction of others and he, he kind of there's a rivalry between him and the doctor maybe even the jealousy i think part of him wants to destroy the doctor but there's also a big part of him that doesn't want to either if that makes sense yeah it feels kind of very similar to the kind of Joker Batman Batman dynamic yeah. they kind of have. But they, they these two kind of seem more um they, they feel closer than those two. I mean, they're almost a bit like yin and yang, like, like there's a small bit of the evil of the master in the doctor. Yeah, I'd liken it more more to Charles Xavier and Eric Lencher, um Magneto and Professor X, especially from the first um mm. X Men film. You know, they're on first you know, they're on first name terms, they call each other old friends and while they respect e- they respect each other, they you know, they would s- still defeat each other if they got in one another's way. Yeah. Um so I I, I, I quite like the idea that um the doctor's stuck on Earth, by the way. I feel like that's quite a nice kind of way of restricting the action. I think it makes it more if it feels almost kind of higher stakes. Um so for most of the time, the master kind of enlists other kind of villains to kind of be his accomplices, right? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. He, he usually um, works with other aliens and 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 whatnot to try and either uh, destroy the Earth or humanity or defeat the Doctor. And more often than not, it ends up backfiring backfiring on him because mm. he's he's a typically cowardly villain when it comes down to it so as soon as he's in a bit of trouble he's he's either running away or teaming up with the doctor to, <laughs> to help save the day <laughs> um, yeah it's been more than once uh, the doctor and the master have been forced to team up mm. because his malevolent plans have ended up with uh you know, the master getting killed as well as everyone else, which he doesn't want. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of like, it's a bit of like the good in the Doctor and there's also a bit of kind of, I mean, a bit of the good in the master and also just a bit of like a necessity at some points as well. Yeah. Because um, usually at some points he turns out to kind of change his mind and he kind of goes again he turns he turns on the people he kind of joined with for like a moral good which is a bit strange i remember um like the last few episodes of david tennant's kind of timeline he kind of turned on the time lords um the reasons escape me for why but i don't think it was because i don't think it's for a moral good i think it was because he 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 realized they were the ones that played that drumming in his head that was driving him in him Mm. insane and they were pretty much used him to bring themselves help bring themselves back um, from their time sort of bubble time prison, and they were just going to cast the master aside once they'd used him. So mm. uh, instead of letting them win, he decided to help the doctor defeat them. Yeah, and I, and, I, and we'll come on to that doctor a little bit later, um, but obviously. Um, Delgado kind of sadly kind of came to a bit of um, a nasty end when he died in a car crash. And I think he was going to return in Doctor Who. Um, what, what, what do you think his legacy was in terms of being this first kind of master? I think it's a great legacy. He, he was a brilliant um, villain. And he sort, of, he sort of set a standard, if you will, for that, for that sort of charming sort of as i said seven garley kind of villain with the with the goatee mustache uh the black attire uh, and yeah evil but you know so charming you can't help but like him mm. 
another thing about him, he also had um, hypnotic powers as well, which hasn't really been touched upon as much with um, later iterations of the Master, but um, almost like how the Force would work. On, on um, the weak, weaker-minded, he could sort of hypnotise them um, into sort of controlling their will, but it wouldn't work on everybody. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, it seems like hypnosis is kind of one of those kind of tropes that kind of is it's become less common as it's kind of gone on. But I mean, we have some kind of elements of it. I mean, the John Sim Master kind of uses technology to kind of hypnotize his people. Yeah, um, sort of the Ted Doctor sort of alludes as well that he's always had hypnotic powers, but nothing on this scale. So they do, mm. sort of, and he's also, uh, which we've seen um, with later. Iteration of the master as well. He's also a master of disguise as well. Yeah, and, and he also has a working um, TARDIS that can kind of um, um, blend in with anything, right? Yeah, his, his chameleon circuit works, so yeah, he can he can blend in when he has got a working TARDIS. Uh, different stories have him uh, with a broken TARDIS, or his TARDIS failing, or it's been uh, taken off him. But yeah. Mm. So then after this, we kind of have, we have a, a little bit of a weird moment with, with two doctors who essentially play a same Masters! Role. Masters, damn it. Oh, God. That, that's another strike for me. Uh, I'll, I'll be gone next week. Um, so two masters who play the role of a degenerative um, version of a master. Um, and it's portrayed by Peter Pratt and... Jeffrey Beavers. On paper, this idea sounds really quite interesting. Yeah, it is, to be fair. I mean, obviously, they, unfortunately, because of the car crash, they couldn't bring back Roger Delgado. So the story was that the Master was on his last um, regeneration. And yeah, he's at this point, he's decaying and, and pretty much on his last legs. So he's, he's looking for any way to get some more regenerations. Hmm. And I mean, I mean the, the aesthetic of this of this kind of master, it's it's very kind of creepy and very cool. I I particularly like the kind of second um, portrayal. Well, well, the, the second overall portrayal is kind of this kind of blackened almost skull. Yeah. And I I, I mean um, the actor who plays him, uh, who named name escapes him, Peter Pratt. He's mostly known for kind of comedic. Kind of role, so it's quite interesting to see him play a bit more of a kind of serious role, and particularly one that has you know very heavy in makeup. But um, do, do you have much memory of this kind of time? Because this would have been around about your time. Am I correct? I would have been alive, but uh, I think just mm. or yeah, I'd have been alive. It'd been just before I was born, um, and yeah, I, I have I watched this. Uh, Sort of serial, not too long ago, actually. I think he just did the he just did the one where he's he's landed on this planet, um, I think called Tracken, and he's trying to become the keeper of Tracken, which is like an ancient um, sort of like not exactly ruler, but um, I don't know. You'd explain it really. Um, like like a leader, kind of like a leader, but more like sort of um, gives out sort of advice and and whatnot. Oh, okay. I'm right. trying to think of the best way to explain it, and I, I know I'm not doing a very good job, so I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, he he um he disguises his uh, TARDIS as. Uh, an ancient evil called Malka, and he lands in uh, a garden of Traken, and he starts to influence um, and manipulate uh, a young, na- a young native woman, and gets her to do his bidding. And he eventually does take hold of this um, keeper of Traken position, uh, but the, do- the doctor defeats him in the end, but not before he's got enough power to put himself into someone else's body and takes over their body and mm. that then becomes Anthony Ainley he's sort of 
he, he was a good master. He, he played it very Roger Delgado-like, and an interesting fact, he was quite obsessed with the, the role of the master, Anthony Ainley, and he was very well off, so that was pretty much, that was the only acting job he ever did. Oh, really? That's, that's quite interesting. Did, did, mm. did, he, did he do a good job? Yeah, I don't think it was too bad. Uh, perhaps that's a bit too uh, a bit too sort of Roger Delgado, um, and he obviously couldn't quite live up to that. But yeah, he he, he was decent enough, and he had uh, one episode with Tom Baker, but he he mostly um, mostly uh, antagonised Peter Davison's Doctor, and he had a few few episodes with. Colin Baker, um, and he was in um, the last episode before it was taken off air in 1989 with Sylvester McCoy. So it's quite fitting he was he was potentially in the last episode until it was brought back in 2005. Oh, okay. I mean, it's quite it's quite impressive that he's that he did it for quite a long time. I'm looking at it, he was there for like eight years. I mean, that's a decent stretch mm. to um, play for play for master. Um, yeah, definitely. And because I, I, I remember kind of going on your point, I kind of off air I asked you if he was supposed to be the first um, iteration of of the master because they, they do look very very similar. I think. Yeah, well, he, he kind of is, and he kind of isn't, I suppose, because as, as I was saying, he was he'd run out of regenerations, so um, and he didn't regenerate. He sort of took over someone else's body using like the, the powers he got from briefly being the keeper of track and so he, he perhaps is in a way mm. yeah I, I, I guess it makes sense but we never explicitly kind of well I guess it's all the same character but yeah yeah so I guess now now we get to one um, that is, is very very unusual um, portrayal, but I think it's actually a pretty. I think I think it's a pretty good portrayal. So this is Eric Roberts, um, the brother, in fact, of Julia Roberts, who plays the master in the American Doctor Who television movie. So you you, you watched this um, film quite recently? Yeah, you? I did for for research purposes, and I'm pretty sure I'm, <clears throat> I haven't watched it since. Uh, probably 96 or 97 when it first came out. I know it came out in 96, but I Mm. I don't think I would have watched it as soon as it came out, so it might have been a year later or so. Yeah, so um, it's it's, it's a bit more of a kind of... He's a bit more sinister in this kind of portrayal from what I remember. Yeah, a little bit more... A little bit more more arched, perhaps. But... um, yeah, he actually plays him quite well, even though he's a bit hamstrung by some poor special effects on his green eyes. That looked a bit, that looked a bit crap. Yeah, but... that's a bit weird. <laughs> but, uh... but other than that, he played him quite admirably, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, it's very strange. Like the whole kind of the television movies are very, very strange beasts. It's very, very cheesy. The plot itself isn't awful is kind of what you expect from Doctor Who but I, I think him and Paul McGann actually put in put in good performances but I think it was it was pretty much doomed like yeah I think it was destined to fail the way they sort of set it up and and what have you to be honest. Yeah. So so do you remember what I told you was the original plan for the master? Yeah, they were gonna be brothers apparently on this American T V show. I mean you laughed but it's not it's not Miles away from the truth because they were um, in they're, they're like proper brothers. canon. They are sort of classmates and, mm. and good friends. So it's not a massive. It's not a massive leap to go from um, you know good mates to brothers in 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 that sort of sense. But yeah. it is a bit, it is a bit cliched, isn't it? What's the thing? It, it, it feels like one of those um, like twists that is kind of you know you, you kind of use to kind of boost the ratings when you kind of jump the shark. Yeah. And the fact that that was going to be kind of like the first kind of I think that's going to be one of the first reveals that kind of says it all. There's actually a video on YouTube of McGann and Roberts kind of doing it together, and they, they actually like act out this reveal. Oh. And, right. Um, for what I remember, it's not a bad thing, but it just feels like. Oh, 
God, really? So did they do it and they get it got cut then? I thought when you were saying it, it was something they had planned out. I never realised it was actually acted out. I think it was... Because um, obviously they, they intended to kind of make this a series. So I think this was actually part of the audition and a bit of a screen test between the two. Oh, right. I see. But um, I, I assume this is, it was kind of scripted a little bit and it was going to be used in a kind of bit of a later episode. Um, but... It, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very strange. But, I mean, Roberts did eventually return as the Doctor in kind of audio issues with McGann. And, I mean, he is a great You're voice. You're doing it again. <laughs> what did I say? Ray Roberts returned as the Doctor. I, I meant he returned to Doctor Who. That's, uh, that's what I meant. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he returned to the... To the Doctor audio um, series with McGann, and he has—he's a, a great voice for it. So I'm glad to see you kind of got a bit of work from it. Um, yeah, they—they they, they do really well with those audio stories. They've even got Christopher Eccleston back to do a few now, haven't they? As well, they get some—you know—some quite big names to do it. And I imagine if they haven't already, David Tennant and Matt Smith will go down that line eventually. I mean, you. you you're set for life once you play someone like the Doctor, haven't you? You know, in fact, your acting dries up. You got conventions and you got the audio books and whatnot to do. So, you know, set for life, aren't you? Yeah, honestly. In fact, I was literally just watching um, a convention, and I I think um, both McGann um, and Roberts were doing a, a virtual kind of um, meeting group, which is very very strange to see. Um, but it's very nice to kind of see that from them. Um, but yeah, you, oh, actually, so I, I was going to ask you, were you surprised that Eccleston returned? A bit off topic, but he always seemed to kind of... He hasn't yeah, I was, because um... um, he always said he, he didn't want to come back and then it was typecasting. He never gave any proper reasons, but it's uh, come out in later years that it's because he sort of fell out with some of the producers and stuff over uh... Okay. Over the role, he didn't necessarily enjoy his time, time making Doctor Who because of some fallings out. So I don't exactly know what you know who we exactly who we fell out with and the reasons why. But I, I imagine it's out there somewhere. Yeah, it's, it seems it seems like he's had a lot of personal issues. Well, I think with with depression. So um, it, it's it's a bit. It was a bit of a shame to kind of see him. You know, be be kind of so negative about Doctor Who, but I, I'm glad he's felt he's able to kind of come back and um, redo the role because I, I I really enjoyed him as the Doctor personally. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I think a second series as you saw how um, sort of David Tennant came on leaps and bounds in his second series. I think he, I think his performance would have been even better. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, yeah, because the first series of 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 David Tennant was it was okay, but he yeah, like you said, he didn't really kind of get in until like the second or third series. So I guess kind of with that, um, we we come to the revival, kind of the era that most people with Doctor Who are kind of familiar with. Um, so it's revealed that all the Time Lords have died in the Time War, um, and presumably we assume the Master has as well, um, and that is until. We get to which episode is it? Excuse me, is Utopia. So this is kind of a bit of a free pastor. Um, so I, I guess we could talk a little bit about um, Professor Yana. What, what, what was your kind of your first initial reaction to um, Yana? Did you did you expect the twist? Um, I was going, but I don't think I did back then. I, I knew I knew John Sim was come because you know. It's, it's, Difficult to keep things secret nowadays, even even mm. in two thousand and seven. So I knew John Smith, had, Smith, John Sim had signed up to be the master. I can't remember if I remember if I knew Joe, Derek Jacobi was going to be or not now. But it's a brilliant. He, he does it so brilliantly. He he flips from being this really nice sort of professor and flips completely into being this benevolent master and he only plays him you know the master properly for a a minute if that and it's it's just so good mm. he he's he's a fantastic actor um Derek, Derek Jacoby 
And he's not someone you can imagine playing such a, a nasty piece of work, but he, he really throws himself into it when he opens up the, the fob watch and becomes the master again. It's just, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I actually kind of wish he kind of got given a shot because I, I think it would have been really interesting to see how he kind of did. I mean, like I said, I, I thought he did absolutely brilliantly. And that reveal as well. Like you, you, you kind of like you, when you first see the kind of fob watch, you're like, oh dear. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you kind of know what's coming. But yeah, as soon as you, you see know. the fob watch, you think, uh, that's the master, isn't it? Yeah, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> but then obviously, you know, you kind of get the, you know, Yana, you know, you are not alone. Mm. And I think that whole, the whole kind of final 10 or 20 minutes is just absolutely phenomenal of that episode. Yeah, and the way he, I forget that um, that his assistant, that alien's name now, but mm. the way he sort of berates berates her and, and pretty much kills her in cold blood, doesn't he? As he's um, yeah, I but, I can't remember her name, but yeah, yeah, she does that do and show after every sentence. He goes, "You think I could put up with that every word, do and show?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Professor Yoda, I'm not Professor Yoda, I am the master. And you can tell he's sort of reveling in the character. Can't, yeah. BBC, if you listen to this, give give Carl an audition, I'm begging you. <laughs> Get him away from me, but also he'd be really good. <laughs> um... But yeah, so then at the end of the episode, he um, kind of regenerates into John Sim, and we get this mm. pretty great two-parter, I think. I mean, the second one kind of, the second part of episode of the two-parter is a bit meh, but um, overall, I thought it was a pretty strong series. So, so what was your opinion of John Sim? Yeah, yeah, I quite like John Sim's master. He's probably my second favourite, actually. He's slightly. Um, he's not. He's not suave like uh, Roger Delgado. He's a bit more. Uh, it's erratic. The best yeah. way to perhaps put it. He he he's a bit of um. He, he he's a bit chaotic. He's kind of a bit mm. um. Bit of a loose cannon. I think it's fair to say. But he, he's still. The master manipulator. He's managed to get himself into government and even elected as prime minister. <laughs> um, and then he, and then he kills his cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what though? I would love to see the master on prime minister's questions. <laughs> How good would he be? <laughs> and I think it says a lot that he, that, um, he probably wouldn't be the worst prime minister we've, we've ever had. Um, even if he did enslave the whole country, but you know, it, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, and he's he's obviously taking control of the TARDIS, and he's turned it into a because the Doctor locked it. He, he can only go back and forth from Earth to, from Earth to that um, um, Utopia place, can't he? So um, mm. he turns the, the TARDIS into a paradox machine, as the Doctor called it. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of forgot about that a little bit. Yeah, but, but that's it. I forgot about. Um, and he turns the people, he turns the dying people from that planet into those little sort of silver alien things, don't he? The triple claws or whatever they were called, and uh, it's so creepy. He uses them to sort of take over the the planet. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's. It just shows you he is he is very sort of evil, very malevolent, very. Very cunning. Mm. Yeah, and um, so I, I kind of wish that um, this kind of two-parter lasted a little bit longer because I think it really could have been quite interesting seeing like this kind of almost a bit of like gritty kind of like children and men kind of few episodes where they're just trying to like you know get get this whole thing kind of going, but. Um, Obviously, Doctor Who's, I guess, they only have a limited budget, but I, I think that could have been really interesting, to be honest. Yeah, it could have been fun, potentially. But, it, yeah, they're still pretty good episodes, though, in all fairness. And um, in the end, yeah, the, when he defeats the Master, he sort of uh, 
does he kill himself or does the doctor do him? I know he's he says he's got no regenerate. You know, he's not going to regenerate. Yeah, it's going to leave the it's going to leave the doctor on his own again. Yes, I I think what he does he um he chooses not to regenerate so that um it would haunt him so to speak. Mm. That's that's what he said at least. Um. Which I guess actually, I mean, in terms of ways to go, I think that's a pretty cool way to go. But I mean, I mean, John Sim does return during the David Tennant kind of. In fact, it's his, his last two episodes um, before he regenerates, regenerates into Matt Smith. Um, I thought this was probably one of the best two parters um, of David Tennant's reign, to be honest. Yeah, it, it was a fun. It was a fun, um, fun episodes, weren't they? Done over Christmas and New Year, were they? Oh, yeah, that was it. That correctly, and yeah, they they bring him back from the dead of um, a bit of magic and, and whatnot, and they try his former wife tries to stop it from happening, but it she doesn't, and uh, he does come back, but not quite right because of the interference. So yeah. he's 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 gone even more erratic again, and he's he's got some weird sort of almost superpowers. But he's, I think he's kind of unstable, as the Doctor puts it, doesn't he? And a sort of, as is in, obviously he's unstable mentally, but as in his body, his body's unstable as well. Yeah, he's he's kind of tripping all over the place and glitching, mm. and yeah, he he seems to eat a lot of hamburgers, and he can shoot he can shoot electricity now. Mm. Um. Which is um, very interesting. I, I I don't really know why that was a choice, but well, it was a choice they wanted to make, I guess. Um, <laughs> but actually, so here's a, here's a bit of a trivia for you. Um, the time Lord president of that episode, Timothy Dalton, yes. is one of is one of two doctors to ever win. No, is, is one of the two um, actors who's who's appeared in Doctor Who to ever win an Academy Award. Can you name the other actor? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think I can now. I'll, I'll give you a bit of a clue. So they, they appeared within a year of each other. Okay, before or after Timothy Dalton? After. There's been quite a few different actors and actresses. So no, I'm not. I'm not going to get it. You'll have to say. That's okay. Um, is Olivia Coleman who um won it for the favourite? All oh, right. Yeah. Of course, I, yeah. I, I, I forgot she was in uh, an episode of Doctor Who, actually. Yeah, to be fair, it's a pretty forgettable episode, besides the fact it's uh, Matt Smith's kind of first appearance. Um, so, but kind of speaking of Matt Smith, were you surprised you didn't see The Master during Matt Smith's reign? Uh, not particularly, because it, it, well, it looked like he'd been kill, killed off. It, it was kind of ambiguous, I suppose. He sort of the, the the time lords get pushed back. I think the master either gets sent back with them or something. He's he's not there anyway when it's all said and done. So you're not too sure what's happened to him. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a huge surprise that he didn't come he didn't come back for a for a while. Yeah, I guess so. So obviously he didn't really come back. He didn't come back for um, seven years until the 2017 series. Um, oh no, excuse me. He, um, yeah, 2017 series where he was actually joined up with the next regeneration of the master of the master. I said it right that time. Who was Missy? Um, how do you feel about Missy? Because I, I, I'm I'm pretty split um, on her, to be honest. Um, I, I like I liked uh, elements of Missy. I like the I like certainly like the idea of regenerating into a. A woman and calling herself a Missy. Uh, I think we skipped a bit too far out, far ahead. Really, we should have gone to Missy and then back to to John, to John Sim. Yeah, that but makes sense. I, I thought it'd be a cool way to link it together. <laughs> but she sort of made herself known on um, a Cyberman episode. I forgot what they call it. Does it's like Dark Water or something? And um, reveals herself at the end of another two-parter where. The first part was pretty good, and the second part was a bit of a letdown. He seemed to struggle with the 
the second half two parters in, in Doctor Who for some reason. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Um, I remember her her reveal being very, kind of very funny. Um, but but she, it wasn't. She, she's near... a great actress as well. Mm. No, it was up in the air because some people were wondering if she was going to be the Rani, which was uh, yes, the female Time Lord. Only made a couple of appearances back in uh, back in the late eighties, so a lot of people were wondering if she was going to be that. But no, it was uh, it was the Master, and again that. Everyone seems to have taken their inspiration from John Sims' sort of second betrayal of the Master when he was brought back. Mm. And they, they seem to sort of want to overact it and play it all erratically, where I preferred the more um, Roger Delgado um, way of playing him, a sort of smooth, charming, almost aristocratic kind of villain. Yeah, it's kind of more. It's kind of a more classical portrayal. Mm. Um, yeah, and they well, seem to get more. They seem to get more erratic as the uh, iterations go on, as we'll get to <laughs> in a little yeah. bit. I mean, that also seemed to be a bit, something kind of similar with Doctor Who as well, because you know you had kind of David Tennant who was a bit zany, and then you had Matt Smith who was kind of similar, and then kind of turned up a bit. And then Peter Capaldi was kind of a bit of a different one, but um, mm. the new Doctor Jodie Whittaker, he, she seems very, very similar to Matt Smith's and David Hent's Doctor, just kind of turned up a little bit more. Um, yeah, there seems to be a little bit of a lack of originality, perhaps. I, Wait, I, I don't know if that's a bit of a favourite review. I don't know how much they let an actor sort of put into their own iterations or, or, or not, or if they're just guided by the writing and the, the production. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. But yeah, you kind of mentioned, like, I mean, Missy's a bit of... Um, she, she, she's very over top. And, I mean, if, you ever, if you've ever seen her in Green Wing or Bad Education, I guess that's not really much of a surprise. But it is it is a bit of a shame. Like, I would have kind of liked to see a bit more of a sinister kind of turn of Missy or even if she did play Varani who was kind of who was again a bit more of a kind of sophisticated kind of mm. you know time lord um, do, 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 do you think we'll ever see Varani um, ever come back I don't know I, I would, it wouldn't surprise me mm. um, I don't know whether they have made it a bit mute by having a female master I'm not too sure but it depends what they did depends what they did to the character because yeah. it's amazing at the Rani's had when she only really appeared in um, four episodes, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, I mean, it, it's, it must be something about that character which, like, it's really, it's really developed a bit of a kind of a bit of a cult following. Yeah, well, played by a, a really great actress in Kate Mara, who uh, was a really mm. prominent actress back in her day. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it is good in a way because it kind of, you know, foreshadows that the Doctor is going to become a woman as well. But, um, mm. yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Um, but I, I guess now we kind of get on to the final Doctor, who's one... Final yeah, think, Master. Master, for God's sake. I, I don't know why this keeps happening. Uh, well, I was going to touch because you, you were on about... Um... John Sim coming back, and it's a shame they advertised it because it spoiled the surprise. But mm. he, I think he went a bit more Roger Delgado actually in that in that iteration. He he spent most of the episode in disguise, and you knew it was well. I knew it was him all all along. So I was waiting waiting till the end for this character to unmask and reveal, and he had the sort of black sort of um, suit and the and the goatee it mm. was very it was it was very Roger Delgado again and he, it was a more subdued performance by by him as well yeah and to be fair I, I thought his performance was actually very good in that and I think cause it, it, if he kind of was turned up to 10 as he kind of was with the, the David mm. Tennant one I think him and Missy might have been a bit insufferable yeah um, so it's, it's nice that he kind of took a bit more of like a a backseat, and it wouldn't surprise me looking back at it if that was actually a bit of a conscious choice to kind of 
go more to the kind of Delgado. Oh yeah, I would say hundred percent. Yeah. Hmm. But um, obviously that was kind of the last appearance of both of them. Um, in fact, I think um, I think yeah, they Johnson kind is... of kill each, they kind of kill each other. Um, <laughs> he's told her she won't be able to regenerate, but she must do, unless unless uh, Sasha Darwin's iteration is um, a regeneration before you, because you, you don't always know because you know the Doctor does meet people out of sync and out of order, so. Anything's possible. It could be a couple of regenerations later, or a couple of regenerations before. You you can almost do anything in any order, really, for for time lords and time travel, because it's all timey wimey, wibbly wobbly. (laughs) Indeed, I I kind of wish they actually like tapped into that, because I mean, from 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 what I've seen of Sasha Dahl, I I don't know if that's um, the right. pronunciation i apologize but it would be quite interesting if this was a master who didn't know some of the stuff that the doctor knows or like that some of the other masters know yeah it would be interesting um and i do like sasha darwin actually i think he's a really good actor but i'm not um massively uh into his portrayal of the master as i said he's he's gone even more zany again it's things like they feel each actor feels like they've got to up the zany levels or, or something. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a shame because like I've seen him. I saw him in the docudrama Adventure Space of Time. I've seen him a little bit. Yeah, in yeah, he was good in that. I think he and... was in the um, Kiefer Sutherland's last season of Twenty Four when he brought it back to. Uh, oh, really? Did it in England as well. I think he was. I think he was in that. Uh, was he in? I think he might have been in. Um, um, what was it? Um, Iron Fest, that yep, Marvel, Marvel thing. Um, wasn't a great um series, but uh, Sasha was good in it. So yeah, he's normally a decent actor. So I don't get this um this temptation to keep going so zany with the master when. His original conception was, you know, quite a suave sort of character. Yeah, well, because, like, obviously I I kind of stopped watching Doctor Who a few years ago um, when I I got a bit bored after the first few Jodie Whittaker episodes. Um, So it's very weird weird kind of looking at it out of context, but the performances are just really bad from a lot of actors. Um, Jodie Whittaker actually does a pretty good job as the Doctor. But um, yeah, he it, it just seems like a, a bit of a bad performance from Sasha and some of the other actors. So I, I think the director, I think the directors probably probably should come in for a lot of criticism because some of it is just really quite pathetic, to be honest. Um, which is shame because the actual story sounds quite interesting. You know, turning the Cybermen into a kind of Time Lord mix. Yeah, it's. Uh... They've got some decent ideas, but they're not always well executed, unfortunately. Yeah. So the Christmas special that had a good a good idea of these like new sort of new Daleks, but then it's all resolved all too quickly and easy easily in quite a sort of cliche tropey fashion. So it kind of kind of spoiled what was a good idea in the end. I thought. Yeah, it's. It seems to be a problem with uh, like Chibnall. He, he's because I, I remember particularly some of the later series of Broadchurch, which is kind of what he was known for. The first one was great, and I thought it was a really great series. But the next two were just a bit crap. So he's obviously good at some things, but other things he, he it just he's not just not his strength. And sadly, yeah, I don't think Doctor Who yeah, is. He obviously struggles with conclusions. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Because I mean, even the conclusion of like the first series, I thought it was a decent job and it was a good twist. But yeah, it it was a little bit flawed. Um, but I mean, I mean, I guess we're going to see what kind of happens with this com- series coming up. Um, I don't know if we're going to see this master again. Um, by the looks of it, probably not, and that's probably a good thing. 
But um, I'm, I'm sure whatever happens to the Masters in the future, there's going to be some fun stuff with it. Yeah, I think the Masters, someone will always be brought back in some form or another. And I wouldn't be against, was he killed off? Is that what you're saying? Or is it, or is it like uh, um, things outside of... Uh... It's implied that he's killed off. I wouldn't be against him coming back if he could sort of tone it, if he could sort of tone his performance down a bit. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because personally, I think it is, I mean, as a director myself, I think it is down to the director's job to kind of get the best performance out of your actors. And by the looks of it, he's very badly directed. And Mm. it it might be partly the writing as well, but. Yeah, I, I, I'll be up for seeing him come back because he's, he's a decent actor, so hopefully he would get another chance. I did like the fact um, he brought back the tissue compressor as well, which was uh, a classic <laughs> a classic master weapon where he, he kills you by shrinking you down into like doll size. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually quite love that, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like that kind of classic stuff. But um, is there any kind of final words you kind of want to say about Master before we kind of get on to the rating? Not really. I, I perhaps thought it would be fun before we get to the rating um, for us just to say who, who our favourite iterations mm. of the Masters uh, was. Um, I think I probably know who yours is going to be, but I'll ask you anyway. Who, who for you is the best Master or did the best portrayal? It's a strange one for me. Well, because I think it's going to be quite obvious what my favourite's going to be. I think I'm, I'm going to rank the ones that I've seen. Um, so I think Missy is probably going to be at the bottom. Um, Sexist. Oh, yeah, I know. What can I say? Then I, think, <laughs> then I think maybe Robert in third, even though I quite like his performance, but he didn't really get to show much. I'm actually going to go with Derek Jacoby's performance in number two because I really enjoyed the small bit that we kind of saw of him and I'm probably going to go with John Sim at number one um, yeah, yeah I, I, I just really like the different levels of his portrayal um, what, what, what about you how, how would you rank your masters so for me the, the original is the best and Roger Delgado mm. will always be number one I think he's set the standard and he's the one I think other actors should sort of take more inspiration from instead of the sort of zany John Sim version, which worked especially for that two-parter because he was supposed to be a sort of imbalanced version of the master. But everyone seems to think their master has to be just as zany or even more so when they'd be better sort of toning it down and maybe trying to find a, a nice sort of balance in between Delgado and John Sim's performance. Yeah, because cause from, from what I've seen in Delgado, he looks absolutely fantastic. And I, yeah, I, 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 would, I, I would love to see a bit more of him. Because, yeah, like I said, I think the kind of John Sim kind of Delgado impression, I think it is a nicer kind of... It's more refreshing, I think, particularly in these days of kind of very zany doctors. Mm. It would be a nice kind of... I think the dynamic would be a lot better rather than two people bouncing off the wall together. I think it just... <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's just a little bit too much. But yeah, I, I think it's a very good choice. And I'm actually kind of quite tempted to go back and look at some of those old episodes because it, it looked like a lot of fun, which I think is... The fact that, you know, it's nearly 40 years later, the fact that it still seems like well, a lot of fun. Years, isn't it, as we said before. Yeah, uh, yeah, 50 years, wow. But yeah, I mean, as I say, him and Pert, we were real-life friends and, and you can sort of tell that, you know, they, they've got great on-screen chemistry and um, they play off each other really well. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I assume your worst doctor is the same as mine. Um, no, actually, I'd put Sasha Darwin as the uh, right, yeah. I'll, I'll you'll be sexist and I'll be racist, <laughs> and uh, I'll put Sasha Darwin at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> just, just a disclaimer, he's joking. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying I, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic because you know that's yeah, what know. people will, people will bloody say. Yeah, uh, Carl is still racist, but I'm not sexist. Um, <laughs> 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 Ticket. But yeah, Jansen would be second, 
Um, I do like his, I do like his performance. Um, yeah, then probably Derek, Derek Jacobis, even though we both said it was a very um, blink and you'll miss it master performance, but it was so mm. it was nailed on. It was so brilliant. Um, then probably uh, Anthony Ainley, then Missy. Mm. And then probably the two, uh, Peter Pratt and Jeffrey Beavers, I'll, I'll couple them together because they were sort of playing the same iteration and they only had a, um, I think, a, a series, you know, four episodes for or one serial. Yeah, that makes sense. So where are you going to put Roberts? Or do you not really have much of an opinion, oh, opinion Roberts, on him? Oh, Roberts, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about Roberts. I'd probably, I'd, sorry, yeah, I'd put him, um, yeah, so... Probably, uh, yeah, just above Sasha Darwin's. No, I, I quite, I quite liked his performance. It doesn't mean I don't like it, but yeah, I, I don't think it's as good as the others. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Mm. Okay, so I, I guess with that, we'll get onto the rating. So we've, we've had a small bit of um, a change, which I'm sure we'll kind of get onto, but um, most of it kind of staying the same. So number one, Fear Factor. I think it's a bit of a difficult one to kind of choose so what, what, what are you going for fear, fear factor um i'd say perhaps a six or a seven it's definitely uh he's definitely got a fear factor about him he's got his you know his tissue compressor weapon or his modified sonic screwdriver he you know he's got those hypnotic powers um i'd definitely say the roger delgado version looks quite scary as well so mm. um so yeah, I think there's plenty to be afraid of. You might hear yeah. me trying to trying to find the list I made that I wrote down, but I've lost the I've lost the page it was in my notepad. Now I don't know, like a like a <laughs> That's fine. Well, things are I'm looking at ah, the other ones that we have kind of gone out so far. I think he's probably the least scary out of them, so I think I'm probably going to go for six. To be honest, I don't know. I'd say for me, he's more scary than. Um, Norman Bates. Mm. Yeah, that's because he. I mean, neither of them had a tissue compressor or a TARDIS or the powers to manipulate you by uh, hypnotism. True, but but Norman Bates did like to wear women's clothing. True. True. Also, the matter when he was missing. That is true. That is true. Um, If anything, actually, I think that gives Norman Bates um, more points in my eyes. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go for a seven. Okay, seven. I think that's fair enough. Um, so complexity of character. What did you say? Sorry for fear. I I, I personally went for six. Six, right? Okay. Yeah. So complexity of character. I think he's a pretty complex character. Um, maybe not as complex as some of the others, but I think I'm probably gonna go for. Mm, it's a tough one. Maybe seven. I think. I don't know if that's too harsh. No, I'm floating around seven or an eight. Because um, I don't know when you, you, you look at his backstory with um, being classmates with the Doctor and also being a regular Time Lord, and then you get into the stuff um, with the Christmas Christmas specials on Tenet's last episode where he's got the the bang and the drum in his head, and you sort of um, realise how he's he's been sort of manipulated himself by the by Russell on the higher up. Time Lords. Mm. So there's, there's, there's a bit there, and you know, you got his sort of frenemy sort of relationship with the Doctor as well. Uh, you know, there's a bit, there's a bit there to go on. So yeah, I think, uh, I think a seven as well. Yeah, he's not as complex as maybe someone like, um, like the Joker or Vader or even Frank. But um, I, I think there is stuff there at least. Um, so I guess with that impact on pop culture, I think this is another one which is kind of difficult to kind of measure. He's a, he's a bit of a difficult character to kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, been around for fifty plus years. A very popular character in the Hooniverse. Mm. I think. Uh, I think. I think there would be people outside Doctor who would know who the Master is. I mean, um, I'd I'd say a nine, nine or an eight. Wow. Say. 
his last, you know, I'd say he got 50 years behind behind him. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think I'm probably going to go for an eight because I, I don't think he has um, the longevity and the influence as people like the, the Joker and Vader and the Dark. Yeah, yeah, perhaps... Uh, Perhaps I'll go to an eight as well. I'd just say he's he's got the longevity, but perhaps not quite the same sort of influence and impact as a a Joker or a Vader. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so then, so this is the one we've had a bit of a change, but I don't think it's really going to matter for um, the master. So it's power slash threats. Um, yeah. So just to give others a bit more of a chance, we we change it to to threat as well because you don't necessarily have to be uber powerful to pose a threat which the master sort of proved mm. really you know he, he like the doctor he could travel through space and time in a in, in his tardis he, he's got his sonic screwdriver or tissue compressor he's he's got his hip he's got his um hypnotism so yeah so i think he poses and he's a genius as well so i i think i think a nine for threat i think he poses quite a big a big threat yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair because obviously, like you know, if um, compared to the Daleks, he doesn't have anywhere near as much power, and he'd probably be like a six, or and the same with kind of like compared to the angels. Um, you know, he he is kind of um, he, he's he's a little bit more than some of the human characters, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Good. I mean, he's sort of worked alongside, you know. Um... I can't remember if he's one sort of Daleks or not, but certainly the Cyberman. And mm. he's sort of, he's even manipulated more powerful beings than himself into sort of helping him and doing his bidding. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, 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 he's up there. He hasn't got quite the same sort of power when it, you know, they're a sort of laser weapon or whatever it is that they exterminate people with, but he's, I don't know. It's, it's cunning certainly more than makes up for that in my eyes. Yeah, that's true. I, I, personally, I've gone for an eight because I think, like I said, he's extremely intelligent. Yeah. I mean, we, we see him have some superpowers at some points and hypnotism, but um, I don't really consider... I mean, I, I guess that is kind of part of it, but I think his, even with uh, his mind and his cunningness is his greatest asset. Um... Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess the last one is aesthetic, which I, I don't think is something we've really kind of gone into. But um, Oh, yeah, because I've talked about his sort of seven garlic look and, the, mm, and the, the goatee, which is a classic. Um, nothing really stand out about the latest irritation of the, of the master, in, in all honesty. But Missy had a... A quite an out there look. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Anthony Ainley was Anthony Ainley was pretty much based on uh, Roger Delgado, but it's like it's a classic look, and um, you know instantly it's the master. So I would say an eight. That's fair. Enough. I, I think it's, I'm actually going to go higher than you. I think I'm actually going to okay. go for a nine. Um. Because I, I, I think there's a lot of different aesthetics kind of there. I think, you know, the original kind of Delgado kind of goatee and the kind of style is kind of very obvious here. And I think it's, he looks great next to the Doctor. But then you also got like the, the gen, degenerative kind of masters, which I never really knew about. But some of them are mm. actually quite terrifying and pretty cool. They are, um, awesome. yeah, to be fair. And same with kind of um, Robert's. Um, he he looks pretty awesome, um, but John Sim one is a bit meh, and same with kind of the most recent one. But yeah, like he said, Missy as well. So I think I'm actually going to go for a nine. Um, and I think that kind of uh, the final scores are in. So um, by my calculations, I have seventy nine. What, 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 what do you have? Well, I haven't. Um... I did it because my maths are rubbish, but 79, that's, that puts him level with the Daleks then, ironically enough. Yeah, the, 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 the two kind of sometimes foes, Actually, I don't know if they've ever been friends, but um, I, I feel like that's quite fair for two of Doctor Who's most famous villains, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, we'll have to divide them up by goal difference or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's a pretty good score to be honest. I, I'm surprised it actually um, exceeded Daleks, I have to be honest. But I think it's probably fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As I say, the, the Daleks have let themselves down on complexity of character because. Mm. Well, we've you know we've been through that several times on on why that is. So yeah, I would say that's a fair result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vader so yeah. still Vader still top in the list, and probably quite rightly so. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, question is who who's going to kind of unseat him? I think I can maybe think of one. Um, if we if we ever get to him. But it's, it's kind of hard to see um, someone kind of toppling him. It is going to be difficult. It's going to have to be someone quite spectacular, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so, so tune in whenever we do the Vince McMahon podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so should we tease the viewers of what we're going to do next or should we leave him in suspense? I will leave him in suspense because I don't think we've fully decided who's right, right. coming up next either, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, in, in that case... Um, and then we a bit more free on what order we uh, put, put things out as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I was counting my chickens a little bit. <laughs> so, um, with, with that, do you want to give your plugs, Carl? Yeah, you can uh, find us at um, rogue underscore opinions and um, you can find me at Carl underscore fire 80 on twitter and instagram and you can find us all on uh all good podcasting platforms. yeah i hesitate there because i was going to do some plugs and then i realized oh I don't, we don't actually know when this one will be going out so <laughs> 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 i might be plugging something that happened months ago by the time this gets released <laughs> yeah we we, we 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 never know if you couldn't tell we're kind of we're doing this a bit in bulk, which I think is a fun way to do yeah, it. Yeah, well, while we're on furlough, we're just we're just uh, spanning them out, so we've got got plenty of content to put out when we're all back, hopefully, back at work and back to some sort of normal. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, Carl basically begged me to kind of do this with him because he, he just wanted to hear my beautiful voice. And to be honest, I I, I don't really blame him. So um, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, well, you, you know, you're not meant to tell the truth. Liam, you could have made something up. Yeah, well, I'm sorry about that. N- 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 next, next time, I, I think I let my tongue slip a little bit. But mm. um, I, I don't really have much um, socials. I don't really use social media a lot. I don't post a lot, really. Um, nobody likes him. He's only got like two followers, and and they're yeah. and they're trolls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, one of them is Jeeves, but we 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 don't really talk about him anymore <laughs> um, for good reasons. Um, so, but so my link is just going to be a link to a charity. Um, so this um, Mankind Initiative, which kind of supports male victims of domestic abuse. So, um, if you ever want to donate to a charity, I think that's a pretty good one to kind of um, donate to. For it's it's an issue that's not really talked about enough. So, um, yeah, pl- pl- please give right. if you ever. Well done, Liam. Pun? I said quite right. Well done. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I think that's the only mature thing I've done in like two years, so about bloody time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's all from me. And that's all from me. Goodbye. Thanks for Bye. listening.